Hello, hola, bonjour, and hello to all of the creatives all over the Caribbean and beyond, and welcome to Caribbean Creatives, a space for the creatively disruptive, a space for persons like me and you, yes you, who wish to harness your skills as a creative, share your experiences, take up space, and navigate the changing landscape of our industry today. But remember, it's not about the land that divides us, but it's about the stories that connect us. So, hi Chris, welcome to Caribbean Creatives, the podcast, a space for creatives to harness their skills as a creative and just to be their best self and to represent their Caribbean self to the rest of the world. So, thank you for being on the podcast and in starting, I'd like you to introduce yourself, tell us exactly who you are, what you're about and what your creative hustle is. Hi, so I'm Chris Sousa-Nunez, I'm a creative entrepreneur. Creative entrepreneur meaning that my products and services and different ways of thinking for, for youth, you know, bridging that gap for youth in the corporate or real world space. Um, I'm 26, my company is three years old, so I started, you know, 2017 in my final year university. Um, and, and I was nervous because I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship, but I didn't know. I only know the glitz and glamour aspect of what you see on TV or on the news Google and Facebook and people going valuation or money, but I didn't know, you know, the Jamaican version of it. Um, so I just went head in, you know, but before I always had like side hustle, you know, sell sweets at school and all things, but I've never had a real business to know. So I guess that's my creative hustle. Yeah. Awesome. So in starting UCA, where did the idea come from? Was there something that you saw where students were just, they were not able to access opportunities? Like how did you recognize it was a problem and decide, hey, I'm going to jump full force into this thing? Sure. So to me, I kind of find it odd that, you know, you're at a university level and it was so hard for you to find part-time jobs while it was school, you know, we see that, that part of schooling portrayed in the media in the US or in first countries and I kind of find it odd that Jamaica didn't have that culture like how am I supposed to you know, put some money in my pocket enjoy the lifestyle of a of, of, you know, learning professional you know maybe buy a one beer here maybe buy a, go to a party here but there, there were no part-time jobs available that culture it's true um, not even thinking about internships so I really found it weird like I was like what are we supposed to do? Yeah, you know, true. how can I get money in my pocket? Like, how, how this works? So, the idea came from that struggle for students like myself, you know, let's find some jobs on the side while we were in school, you know. We have a lot of free time in our schedule most times. Why not use it to, you know, volunteer, intern at a company, maybe handle some flyers and get three grand, four grand per flyer. Maybe you're a brand ambassador for a company, you know, networking while they're earning in the same sense. Plus going to school and studying, I think that was pretty obvious. But here in Jamaica, it was not so obvious, and I kind of say, "Oh, why?" Like it kind of de- de- defeating the whole school experience, work experience part of for students. So that's why I started the company, getting students a footing in different spaces, in industries, networking with people, in hopes of the learning a job. Like a degree alone can't really set you apart anymore. So True. my company is 
was built on a premise that hey, students need an additional push, that human push factor, you know, and and that's inspirational because I was really nervous in my final year. I was like, shit, what's next? Like, yeah. am I gonna move back home? Am I what's am I gonna have my masters? Because my friends are talking about masters, but I feel like everybody just say things and do things because their friends True. are doing it. So I have to take a really objective conversation myself and say, hey, what do you want to do that? You get me? And I was mm-hmm. trying something what everybody else wasn't doing. I was straight business. So I linked up with a, a mentor at the time. I was his intern at first, and I told him the idea. And he's like, yo, I'm willing to be your first investor if you're serious. Wow. Um, and he took my serious when the next day I shared the, a business proposal, everything of the whole business. In less than 24 hours, it's okay, you're very serious. Let's start money. And oh. he invested um, at first. You know, getting me registered and stuff, getting me pretty much the governance side up and running. Of course, yeah. Uh, and of course, marketing and business support where he was a door open at the clients, you know, because at the time as a young business person, you may not know these these young prof- these professionals to give you clients or get clients from. So one thing I learned in any industry, you're going to need mentorship. So those people are door openers, they vouch for your your the character and it, and it builds from there. So, yeah. That's absolutely what everybody in Jamaica needs. They need some kind of mentorship. And I know it's hard for persons to find mentors and they'll tell you, like, I don't know nobody. Like, I'm just here in university and I'm just trying to get a job. I send in my resume and hoping for the best. But it's really inspiring to hear a story like yours and having somebody believe in you. But it also shows that you believed in your idea first because when the person came to you and was like, I need to present the evidence of how serious you are about your business, you actually had it. And I'm not sure if a lot of persons would be able to the next day provide evidence for their dream. So that just goes to show that you need to be prepared. If you're serious about something, you have to write it down. You have to have... No much more than that, you know. Some people are all talk like, yo, I want this, they want that, this... But when you put them in, in, in the pressure cooker, they, they flake. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to be serious about yourself. At the end of the day, it's your livelihood. The moment that you True. can't pay for everything for your all rest of your life. True. That's so true. Also, another thing I want to touch on is resumes. So now, this is the season of everybody and the mother basically applying for a job, whether it be a permanent job or a summer job. So I know that you're considered a resume connoisseur of sorts, another side hustle of yours. If you could also just expound, I know it's very similar to UCA, but if you could expound why it was important for you to have another hustle and the importance of several revenue streams. Uh, sure. So doing a business, you know, you have this grand idea of things, but eventually when you're actually doing it, you've noticed certain nuances in life or in the business. So one nuance we realize is one, the problem is students want jobs, right? They want opportunities, they want money. But also the problem students may have is poor representation of themselves on paper. They don't know how to write a resume. So yes, their aspiration is in their head, it's in their heart, but expressing it now to a company or to an employer self-defeating because they don't know how to do it so it's almost they're shooting themselves in the leg mm-hmm. so what because a lot of times we got emails from students and it became 
a habit that nine out of ten resumes are shit. Um, and it became really bad now for us because how can we represent students if their resumes are shit? Yeah. So instead of complaining, I was like, why not fix the problem? Why not create this to be an opportunity for us? You know, impact students, show them about resume writing, give them better representation, but also give corporate Jamaica, give corporate anywhere, any employer a, a gleam of hope that these people are possible to do the work. Right. You know, we you have a doctor when when you're sick. You know, if you need a lose weight to get a personal trainer, so why not get a career coach to help in a career? True. So we decided to build on that aspect, you know. Students may know their craft but they don't know the, the elements of professional communication. You know, they may not know interview skills. Because at the base of it, it's really about marketing yourself. True. If That's so it, true. Well, market yourself mm-hmm. in, in their resume. In that, how does it look? How does it present it? Does it give the, the reader a better user experience to answer all their questions mentally? Mm-hmm. You know, does it does it give them a headache or not? But and then there's marketing. You know, yeah. similar, you see a, a brand or a product and they have all the information necessary to answer all your concerns. That's what your resume is about as well. It shouldn't be a back and forth and exhaustive experience for a customer to, you know, always ask them about, hey, does this product is non-refundable or can this product come blue or white or, you know, that's why you read FAQs. So your resume is similar to like a FAQ but more of a portfolio of what you've done, what you've achieved, your core responsibilities and key results impacted, but also highlighting your skills outside of, you know, maybe work experience and you've done on your own. So we decided to segue into that because it was just like the next step. Hey, we're giving students jobs, but students are going to need full-time jobs eventually. You know, how can we get them, you know, full-time opportunities, get them, you know, paid opportunities, get them more fulfilled in a career and and that's how we developed into it like you now we're offering opportunities with headshots with different partners you know highlighting in their their personal brand online like linkedin so you're hunting for jobs yeah but why not use the platforms so we segue into you know consultation for students for linkedin highlighting the resumes or repackaging the resumes mm-hmm. more appropriately adding word choices that shows that hey i'm a university student i know how to you know collaborate yeah um work out so come on like you have to use these things so that's how we kind of develop that it's true and that's so you have to be very forward thinking or observant about what you choose to pursue as another revenue stream so for you it was a natural transition you guys were already around youth you saw the need and you filled the need but because you jumped into a digital footprint and personal branding i'm just gonna go there a lot of persons have said to me because i'm doing marketing i understand the value of aesthetics a lot of persons outside of marketing whether it be finance they're a doctor they're studying law they're just like What's the difference whether you have a flower border on your resume or you, or you don't? And I'm like, it's not necessarily about the border, but it's about the look and feel of the resume. Just like you said, it's your foot into the organization. It's, it's basically their first 
representation of you. And you want, of course, you want that to be... Nobody wants to send in a resume where they're like, no, nah, I think this person is basic. You want to wow the people. Then, in your interview, they're like, wow, your resume was packaged so nicely that we want to find out more about you. Please let your resume, aesthetics, and substance match each other. That's another point i just like to get across. But for you, how have you found that having that aesthetic value to your resume has really helped students? Because also persons don't see the value in personal branding or, like you said, packaging of you as an individual. Well, so. well to answer that right, it's really about balance, right? And the perfect balance, I would say, is the iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, for, let's look at it. The iPhone is really useful, but on a functional level, it gives you a complete task at hand, mm-hmm. right? It may not have all unnecessary buttons, unnecessary cameras, it may not have unnecessary holes for this and that. It may be so easily sleek and functional. In the same way, if you want your resume to not be you know, too much of sprinkles and glitter and rainbow and all this stuff. But have that balance where it's, it's seen as professional nonetheless. Of course. You get me? Mm-hmm. Um, it, ha- it may have a few creative appeal, but nothing that deviates from your industry. For example, in marketing, you know, and advertising, we may have a creative space. We may have more space to, to, to be show extra. Our flexibility yeah. and creativity and wildness. While somebody in architecture and legal aspects are confined to, to their know-how, mm-hmm. right? But representation still matters nonetheless. Doesn't mean that a slapdash, uh, a resume, and no have proper structure, format. But at the end of the day, somebody really wants to digest and get all the information answered before they move on. Um, so personal branding really is what you're known for, like what people know you for. So if you want a doctor, Let's say you're sick right now, you know which doctor mentally can go to. If you have a car and you can't put them, you know, mentally which mechanic you want to go to. It's like we have these top of mind references for things in our life. Similarly, you want to be top of mind for opportunities or jobs that aligns with who you are and what you can offer. And in doing so, you have to be in the conversation. Maybe, maybe you're sharing things about that domain. Maybe you're writing an article, maybe you're doing blogs. Maybe you're sharing ideas, maybe you're doing more speaking engagements, maybe you have a book, maybe it's all about creating something that people know you for. Like if you're in a hole, nobody no gonna know you know exists. Mm-hmm. You're in a hole. Like they're gonna pretty pretty much assume you're not alive if they don't know you exist. Um yep. so similarly you want to be top of mind in in your space. Mm-hmm. So even things like asking for references or networking online, jumping on conversation or comments online from even a LinkedIn standpoint, it, it shows what you're skewed towards in your field. You know, let's say somebody speak about mental health, and that's not really your space, but if somebody else on the timeline speaks about, you know, entrepreneurship, you can jump in because you may know entrepreneurship. So eventually people kind of filter out who you are as a candidate. And they will even recommend things to you. So let's say speak a little more about entrepreneurship. Maybe somebody sees a business competition and say, "Hey, I said it to you. Hey, you should enter this." You know. So this you need to create your own community. Right. And creating your own community, whether in real life, uh, off online, is important. True. And that's really about your personal brand. Let's let's even look at it back back at, as we were younger. You know, if you had group work, 
you know who you want on your in your group or not. Like yep. you know the person that's a waste of time. You don't want them at all. You just avoid even how the teacher has set up the classes and means I don't want this person in my group enough. I mm-hmm. you raise your hand up very hard of and say no. But you know the bright girl or the bright you see or the person that always go out of the and I try to cross. Exactly. So when the teacher said, Ray, we'll come. You know, yeah. Similarly, that's that's what we've been thinking. But I think we do. I believe we've been thinking too hard on these things and not really see the principles behind it because mm-hmm. we've been doing it all our life. True. Again, you know who are the bullies, eventually you avoid the bullies. Mm-hmm. You know, similarly, you need to find who are the decision makers in a company, who are the person of influence in a company, yep. or just who are who is working at a company. You know, maybe asking them, say, hey, what is, what's it like working there? And nothing is wrong asking people what's working there. Yeah, Similarly, the assignment, and somebody did it before, you can say, hey, was the assignment, was this course bad? What would you suggest? Like, I feel like pride holds us back a lot mm-hmm. and not asking questions. True. Uh, and because of that, you feel like you can figure out everything for yourself, but you can't. And you know why? One, one hand alone. Yeah. So, it's really about, you know, building a community, supporting each other. Absolutely. And supporting each other, you get opportunities, you get jobs. And people look up for you while you look up for other people. That's so true. But since you mentioned community and networking, especially online and offline, because persons do that, they evaluate you online, your online presence, and see if it matches up to who you are in person. So we have this segment on our podcast, which is called Dimelo, which basically is just a Spanish version of saying Wagwan, where persons will send in questions and they'll ask whoever the crazy that is being featured in the episode a, a critical question and in today's Dimelo question it is how do you effectively network how do you network in a meaningful way where people don't think that you're being fake or like you're pushing your business in people's face how do you confidently walk up to somebody and organically have that conversation of I want to work with you or I admire your work how do you do that without coming across as you want to use them or something how do you do that in your pursuit, right? Mm-hmm. It's really about. It's really not about you, and more about the person you are talking to. Okay. You know what problems can you solve for them? What are their issues? What are their pain points? And just hey, I love what you do. Blah blah blah. Um, just going forward, is there anything I can help with? You know, offer that. And this person help really brings in more. Genuine approach, right. and I've realized that that it helps because one it shows that one you're interested in helping their business, their cause, their and two you're interested to know what the issues are. Maybe you could discover an opportunity where you could fit in because you just asking a job from someone doesn't mean you're a fit for them. You don't know sure. what opportunities they have. Like I find it weird and say, hey, can you get me a job? And I said, all right, you know what? And when they're kind of lost now, it doesn't help you either because if you're very lost, the person as well is very lost mm-hmm. and they don't know what you want. And also, it's a huge risk to take on somebody who has no direction, first of all. You yeah. Can't do that. Yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't, as a, for a job, they, they don't really get paid to babysit you. Like, your job is to do the task at the end of the day to keep the business and any business a flow or functioning like that's really the purpose of a job. Mm-hmm. If any 
value are supposed to add value to their business. Yep. So if you're not adding value anyway, you have to look and go back to the drum board and ask yourself, hey, how can I add value? Yep. Well, since we're on the topic of adding value, um, how do you, as a student, final year student, new professional, or just a person who's honestly in quarantine and they're just tired of being on YouTube or watching Netflix, how do they gain a competitive edge? Because so many persons are in the space, take marketing for example, there's so many persons coming out of school with marketing degrees and persons are already filling the space. How do you gain that competitive edge? And for me, it started as a language. And also persons don't really see languages as a competitive edge because I think after a while, persons start to doubt how viable an of an opportunity it is. Because persons will tell you, but you're not traveling to Spain or but you're not going to France. And I'll tell you all these reasons as to why it don't make sense to take up a language because you need to go to the country to speak the language. You're like, it don't make sense to learn Spanish in Jamaica because nobody out here speaks Spanish. But our entire economy is built on tourism, which, quite frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like facts. I'm like, guys, come. Like, for example, it's kind of no brainer that students should really learn a second language, a third language. Mm -hmm. even if it's just how to do the administrative part like even if you don't have to speak to people know how to type up some documents and not use google translate let's just cancel that but there's something so valuable in languages especially just being in jamaica i spoke about it on a previous episode and my friend said you don't have to leave jamaica to use your language she said that she uses her language every day and she actually works at bob marley museum and she says they get buses of persons from all over the world. Everybody wants to come and see the national treasure that is Bob Marley and to see his legacy. And she actually converses with them in Spanish. And that for her is part of the reason why she got hired because everybody can speak English. A dime a dozen standard English is not saying we must assume that, you know, everybody has access to learn standard English because we know that opportunities are not equal. But at the end of the day, Absolutely. Wow. So, 
it's really about you taking ownership for your own development. You cannot rely on the government to say, hey, send to school, or you can't rely on the government to feed it. You have to feed yourself. You have to hustle for yourself. You have to develop yourself and create opportunities or great opportunities for yourself, you know. Take a risk. Uh, at the end of the day, most of these companies you see are big now. They had it and they've lost and they win. But it's just that you don't know the failures. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe when Google just started, they, they lost money before they made money. Similar to Facebook, similar to even the video happened in their life. And so you have to think in terms of value, or in terms of an income stream, you know. And they, most times it's really observing the crowd and walking the opposite direction. So when everybody is walking, you know, north, and everybody say, yeah, man, let's go north. You have to take a stop and say, oh, why the fuck is going north? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. reason? Or is it because people are doing it because everybody is doing it? Thanks. I like to use the example of cash flows. Mm-hmm. Right? Cash flows was the biggest scam, obvious scam in history in Jamaica. Yep. And I was 12 on a site, and I was wondering, 12. I was wondering why these adults get so dragged into this. Like, it don't make sense financial-wise. And I was 12. Doesn't mean I'm a genius, but I'm still 12. Like, come on. Kids know these things. Kids pick up on scams easy enough. <laughs> I remember. Adults are facing scams. So, because everybody's doing it, nobody's decided to challenge and say, hey, is this legal? Is this right? Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody got the big, big L. You know, yeah, we saw what happened. It crashed. So, I want to know, in moving forward, what would you suggest is the next north that everybody should be going towards, like you said? So, there's, so there's two things I believe every creative entrepreneur should have. Mm-hmm. Equity and collaboration. Mm. What I mean by equity, own the platform, own the product, own the substance, own it, like, have it for generational wealth. You get me? Right. Don't just do it and just lease it. Own that. What I mean by that, you have Tyler, and that's a platform mm-hmm. Jay-Z owns. Yeah. Of course, you have music rights from other artists that they own, nonetheless. Um, the ownership element and the equity element is the creative element where where eventually you don't want to be paid per product or per service, you want to be paid nonetheless. You have to have longevity mm-hmm. on your craft and longevity in, in your contribution. And then the last thing is collaboration over competition. What I mean by that, you know, your, for example, me and you could, could collaborate. You have an audience, maybe I have a voice, and it comes together to be a perfect, you know, substance. Yeah. In, in hindsight, most creatives tend to isolate by themselves and say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go over here and it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. But no, if you look at most successful business at all, they had collaborations over anything else, you know? Um, True. I like to use the example of, of what we're going to use. I don't know what we're going to use, but the, the element of collaboration is one, is widens the part. It gives you perspective on of, of two different sides, but also it brings diverse ways of thinking into uh, a very added perspective. Yeah. And I like exactly I like to use Steve Jobs and 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 Wozniak. Yeah, Steve is a creative, and yeah, Wozniak who's a technical guy, and they both came up for came up with the iPhone. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So Steve could you know create the whole aesthetics in his head, 
eventually somebody had to build that ship on the yep. technical side. And of course, Wozniak could know the technicalities and, and the, 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 the numbers and all these data stuff. But eventually, the technical side tends to be the ugly of the side to the consumer. Mm-hmm. You get me? So eventually, you have to bridge your creative side with somebody who understands business or understands some technical element of what you're trying to break. And collaboration to me is, is where the creative economy must go, but also own it, own the equity, own the state. Mm-hmm. And then as a community, we all eat food and, and just retire and maybe we can drink, you know, some mimosas at the Maldives and all these things. our best life. Um, but yeah, those are my last words. Like, it, it's frustrating to see that, that growing up, everybody's dealing to share, share, share. But when you turn into adults, you don't want to share. Like, come on, but you have to be very mindful of it you're not going to give away all the information but you can negotiate and have contracts and all mm-hmm. that stuff but it's all about collaboration it's true you get, for example you're building a house you have to collaborate with the house planner the plumber the, the, the architect the designer building, the land survey the electrician yeah the architect the interior designer you have to collaborate with different people similarly if you go to the hospital the nurse will collaborate with the doctor collaborate with specialist the and mm-hmm. all these people the pharmacists Share, you have to say, oh, you know, think about the opportunity. Maybe you see something that aligns with them. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You didn't have to say yes, what you did. And you really provide some good insights about your hustle and just tips for creatives all over the Caribbean to really uh-huh. become their best self. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I mean, have a good day. And yeah, we'll definitely be keeping up with you on Instagram. (laughs) No problem. If you reach the end of the episode, thank you so much for listening to episode 7, The Creative Hustle with Chris Nunez. And you can follow us on Instagram at Caribbean underscore creatives and on Twitter at Caribbean Create. And you can visit our website at Caribbean-creatives.com to be a part of our creative community. See you guys next week. Nos vemos. Ciao.